We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Still absolute crickets from the Yankees. I don't know. Maybe they'll talk today. There's no playoff games going on on Wednesday. We're recording this Wednesday morning. That's not what today's show is about, though. We're going to be grading Yankees pitching staff from top to bottom, though. But, Scott, can I scratch an itch first before we do that, just about the Rays-Red Sox series? Uh, I don't think it matters what my answer is. I think you need to get this out. You need to get this out. So, listen, I am not happy that it's Astros... Red Sox in the ALCS. Is, is anybody happy? I mean, baseball is not happy besides <laughs> the two fan bases. It is. It is. I might just boycott the whole thing. But a little part of me is happy that the Rays still are without a World Series championship because analytics lost once again. Did you see what happened in game four? So Colin McHugh, we're familiar with Colin McHugh, started, started, I put in quotes, game four for the Rays, a must-win game. They're facing elimination. And he just cruises through the first two innings. I think it was 18 pitches, six up, six down. Then they bring in McClanahan as the bulk, the bulk innings guy. And he gets his brains beaten in. And after the game, Kevin Cash, who I do think is a good manager in the sense that he gets his players to play, right? He, he can fire them up. And I think, I think he has the pulse of that team. But he is 100, that, that organization is 100% analytics driven. He said after the game, we were not going to let McHugh face Schwarber to, to uh, a second time. But Schwarber wasn't coming up until uh, potentially if one guy got on in the third inning. But they didn't want McHugh, I mean, excuse me, McClanahan to come in in the middle of an inning because he's a starting pitcher and he's not used to that. So just have him start the game or use a different really The over- the over analysis of it twisted themselves into a pretzel 
the same way, the same reason that they twisted themselves into a pretzel in the World Series last year after they pulled Blake Snell. A little part of me is happy that analytics lost once again. It just, it doesn't it show that analytics works well over a large sample size, but then when you start getting so micro with it, use your eyeballs, use your eyeballs in the game. It's the same thing every time. Like the, the majority of it, one, let me, let me back up a second. Tampa does analytics well in a number of ways. Better than anyone, probably. The in-game analytics, in-game analytics to me is where you get lost. That's where you get lost and get yourself in trouble and get yourself in precarious positions like they did, like the Yankees did by getting all tricky with starting um, Davey Garcia in in a in a playoff game for you know for for for, for match for, for match for matchup sake like yeah. one one matchup says this is it we're going to exploit this matchup it's like the analytics that they use to develop players to identify players oh, yeah. to get get people in they they I mean they're they're trading for guys that have never played positions and putting them in positions just to get them up against you know a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher that's interesting. That's a matchup that you can play throughout a game. But when you start getting all tricky like this shit during a game, especially in a playoff game, when you're up against the best competition, then, and, and to me, like, there's momentum, there's rhythm, there's, you know, there's there's a lot more pressure. It's humans it playing. It just doesn't, it doesn't play, it doesn't play the same way. It doesn't, it just doesn't. And it it tends to bite them in the ass. And it has the last two times. They've done a great job getting up to this point. They they have constructed that team to be a championship-level team. There's no doubt about it. They have the talent. Mm-hmm. They just don't deploy the talent in the way that it needs to in a short series. Yeah. And they get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so a little part of me smiled at that, although not smiling at the ALCS matchup. All right, let's let's grade the Yankees pitcher, starting with Garrett Cole. This is a tricky one for me. Because if we just said at the on April 1st, if I told you he's going to finish with 181 innings pitched in 30 games to a 3.23 ERA, 2.92 FIP, 5.3 war, and finish first or second in the Cy Young, we'd give him an A plus, right? I mean, sure. There's more I have to see the context, even though yes. On the on the surface of it, it's at least an A. But watching this, watching him pitch for 30 games, it is not an A for me. I would say it is a a because expectations come into play here. It is a B B plus. For for Garrett Cole, what do you think? Uh, it's a it's a B. I'm not giving him a B plus in All that right. one. As, and when expectations come in, I, I you might even go to a B minus because if you're grading on a curve, like this dude's flirting with a C at that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like with what what I'm looking for and what he actually delivered. And you know, depending on how you, if we're waiting the exam at the end of this at the end of this, well, season, that's the uh, thing. Fully waited, then then this. This dude might not have passed the, the class because he bombed the final exam. And if that was 75% of your grade, you're done, kid. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. The first two months of class, he was he was a model student. He was leading the pack. Then he kind of slacked off in the in the middle. But then the teacher's like, you know, you aced the final and then all is you can't forgotten. Skate. You can't skate through. <laughs> but he bombed the final. I don't know. Some people, because regular season awards are obviously regular season stats only. They're not playoffs. That's so. not what we're doing. Well, that, those what, are not our rules. But we'll do it when it's convenient for us. And right now, yeah. it's convenient that, yeah. Well, the reason, so you break down. We have to grade players up until the, t- the time I stop watching them. I can't grade them based on just a regular season. That doesn't mean shit to me. So the reason that he he's not even close to an A is, is obviously what happened pre and post sticky stuff. So the SI article came out on June 4th. Before June 4th, he was absolutely unhittable. 
2.26 ERA, 1.93 FIP, which is un- unbelievable, amazing. His strikeout to walk rate ratio was off the charts. He had 104 strikeouts and only 11 walks. After June 4th is where he just became, um, frankly, a, a pretty average pitcher. 3.92 ERA, 3.63 FIP. His strikeout to walk ratio, 139 to 30. He was not the same pitcher after June 4th. You want to say there's other factors there? You want to say, oh, he had the complete game in Houston. Oh, he had the the 12 strikeouts against Anaheim. Yep, yep. But he also got hit very hard very often in the second half of the season after June 4th. And interestingly, on June 3rd, I know it's not June 4th, June 3rd, you have to imagine there's inner rumblings of some shit's about to break about pitcher substances, correct? Yeah. June 3rd, start against the Rays. Five innings, five hits, five earned runs. I've been talking about this all season. I think for him, or since the sticky stuff has uh, has has come about and we're identifying like what it actually, how it actually affects a guy like Garrett Cole. And to me, when you look at the numbers and you look at these splits, it's it's very clear. It's fastball location. It's fastball location. He can't locate the fastball like he has in the in the past. He can't grip it and rip it. He can't do that 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 what he what he wants and throw it on a dot. And when you can't do that, you can't get ahead in the count. Your fastball becomes a lot more sustainable to uh, getting barreled up, and that's what you see. The home run to home run fastball rate up from nine point four percent to fifteen point eight percent. That's pretty drastic when you look at that. And then the the walk ratio is you know tells a lot of the story. I mean he he doubled his he doubled his walks basically uh, you know almost doubled his walks per per nine innings and he's just giving up more home runs because of it. It's it's fastball location. The guy cannot get ahead of, get ahead in the count. He can't throw that ball on a dime. And now guys can wait for the ball to float over the plate. They're getting it. It's more hittable. I, I don't have it here, but the barrel percentage is probably much higher. I would guarantee that it is. And. To me, that's that's a lot, and and uh, it makes a lot of sense. If you can't grip a fastball, uh, and uh, it it does affect the way you can throw it as far as accuracy and like being on a dime, it affects that big time. And I think it's a big part of his game. And so, if for the next couple seasons he is a three point five, three point six ERA pitcher, that's not good enough. That's not what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid for two point eight ERA in your in your prime. You're getting paid for seven shutout innings. You're not getting paid for can't make it out of the third inning in a wild card game at Fenway Park. It's a big problem if he is not the dominant pitcher without the sticky stuff. Big problem. Here's here's what's going to have to happen, and I and I kind of expect it to happen. I expect there to be a course correction in baseball f- for this sticky stuff. They're going to figure out a way to get these guys more grip on the ball. They're just going to figure that out. It's going to be a big sticking point. Didn't do that on purpose. I'm embarrassed for it, but I did it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be something, whether it's talked about or not, it's going to be one of those backroom discussions. They need to figure that out because across the board, you're looking at a lot of guys that just were became different. And or Garrett Cole just needs to figure out the way that he can um, you know, be as effective with different stuff. So I, I do think that they're going to figure something out over the offseason. There's a lot of time to, to make some adjustment whether it's just baseball or baseball and the players or just the players and with an unsaid thing. Um, so, that, I mean, but we need that. They need that. They need that. Garrett Cole needs to locate his fastball. And if he needs something to locate his fastball a little bit more than just, you know, licking your fingers, 
then he's got to figure that shit out. He really does. And needs to do it within the parameters of the rule because otherwise, yeah, he's a 3-5 pitcher. Corey Kluber's up next. And when he was on the mound, it was pretty good. But therein lies the problem. He only started 16 games and threw 80 innings. He did have a 3.83 ERA and a 3.84 FIP, almost exactly the same. And he had the no-hitter that was obviously the highlight of his season on his own bobblehead night on the road, which had never happened in baseball history. Expectations, in my mind, were pretty low for Corey Kluber. So this is kind of exactly what I expected when he's pitching. Pretty good, but he's not going to pitch that much. So I don't know. I give him a B. I give Cashman like a, a D- minus for relying on Corey Kluber. But Corey Kluber himself, I give him a B. Yeah, Corey Kluber's a B. I mean, he threw he threw one pitch to one guy against the. He had a bobblehead in Texas uh, <laughs> that was you know never really used because he didn't pitch, and he came back from from these injuries and and did what he did. I think when he was on the mound, yeah, pretty good. It took him a little bit to to get the confidence, I think, and the uh, the the trust in his stuff. But when he did that, yeah, he was good. So I'd say B is pretty fair. Um, it's hard to give him a C if we're, if we're, if I'm weighing in injuries. I'll do that. But I think the performance when he was on, yeah, he's a solid B. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery, I give him a solid A. He was, he was again, remember, expectations here. 30 starts, 157 innings, 3.83 ERA, 3.3 war. And he had the most starts on the Yankees with three runs or less um, among the pitching staff. I give him a solid A. Took a big step forward this year. Yeah, I don't want to continue to uh, to, to agree with you, but the, I, I would rather not. But the but Jordan Montgomery's it's hard to look at him and and you know point out the the bad things. He did he did come back full season. He was consistent. He's a number three starter. He needs to be a consistent, productive number three starter for the Yankees. That's exactly what we want him to be. That's exactly what he was. Yeah, I thought he was he was he was good. Uh, you know, he had his stopping moments. He got deeper into games. He threw, you know, a good amount of innings. So I'm really happy with the progression. And I expect, I, I do expect another another step up from him, actually, even going into next year where he can be even better because I think the, he's got the ability to be even better. And I think the way baseball is today with the type of uh, the type of arsenal that he has and the way that he pitches, moves the ball around, has a good fastball, has a little bit of a different uh, delivery. Uh, look, I think that he's got the ability to get a lot of guys out in, in today's fastball age. So remember we were analyzing his fastball and like as far as velocity goes, it was it was pretty low, but the spin rate was pretty good and the, the hard contact was was really good. And that's that it tells you don't need 98 miles an hour to have an effective fastball. And I think he found a way to have an effective fastball at 93 miles an hour. So, yeah, I was I was very pleased with Jordan Montgomery. Jamison, location, baby, location, location, location. It hits real estate. It hits, it hits starting pitching. It's the most important thing. Jamison Tyon. This is a tough one for me to grade. Uh, Twenty-eight starts, which is more than I expected. One hundred and forty-one innings. Do you remember? Do you remember the number in spring training? What was it? One hundred and forty. Twenty. One forty. Was it one forty? It was one. That was aggressive. One forty is kind of aggressive. But it's just hilarious to me that they're like, no, no, no. It's not one hundred forty. One hundred forty-one innings pitched. Oh, that was what the Yankees said, not what we predict. I got yes, you. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's what the Yankees right. said. But then they're they're trying to say it's like, no, we don't have a plan. Yeah, okay. Um, four point four ERA, four point four six FIP. Listen, he had his moments where you could see what he can be, but injuries again, inconsistency, which maybe you blame on the injuries, but he's an injury guy. Uh, uh, this is tough for me. 
B minus. You're gonna you want to say B. You want to say B, but but something is pulling you back. B minus, and only because I kind of like like the guy and why are you giving Corey Kluber a B and not Jamison Tyone? Jamison Tyone effectively was better than Corey Kluber this year. Yeah, my expectations for Jamison Tyone were much higher than than Corey Kluber. I had no expectations for Corey. I thought he was going to be Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You did. You did not think he was going to make it out of May. <laughs> so, um, okay, that's why I'm I'm grading Tyon a little bit harder. Yes, you're right. When they were on the mound, Corey Kluber was better, but Jamison Tyon was on the mound twice as much as Corey Kluber was. So if we're looking at Jamison Tyon and the actual pitching performance, um, y- you know, it's C plus B for me because I think once he found his rhythm, he he became, I mean, he had a stretch there where he was the Yankees' best pitcher and, and actually... Uh, when when I think it was Cole, when Cole was down, he stepped up yep. and was the guy for the New York That's Yankees. the only reason was, he's in the B range for me. Otherwise, it would be a C. But the inconsistencies uh, were were there. And again, yeah, everybody wants to say, well, of course he's inconsistent. The, the injuries came back from all these things. I get it. I, I understand that. But at, at some point, you, you can't really look at that. You need to look at what the performance was. And um, he did re- get through the season. So... Um, Look, I think that it was a good year for him, a very good year for him, looking for next year to be, you know, uh, again, like Jordan Montgomery, uh, another step up. I think Jameson Tyone has the ability to be a number two. Nestor Cortez. A plus. A plus, baby. <laughs> he was no doubt about it. A was, plus. He was the unsung hero. If this 2021 season could possibly have a hero, Nestor Cortez was it. 93 innings, 2.90 ERA, 3.78 FIP. So, okay, his ERA was a little better than his FIP. Maybe he got a little lucky, but holy shit, did he write the ship for this team when they needed it. I don't know what Nestor Cortez is going to be going forward. If you're telling me that in spring training of next year, he can't even win the number five starting job, I'll believe it. If you tell me he's going to be kind of a useful number four, number five pitcher for the Yankees next year, I'll believe it. Whatever, A-plus 2021, Nestor Cortez, hang it on the refrigerator. Yeah, the guy the guy outperformed any expectation, because there were none, and and then actually was, you know, the best Yankees pitcher throughout the course of the season, and, and, and really just stepped up in big moments as well, and was just gutsy, and was like the everyday guy. Everybody can relate to Nestor, that, that mustache, he's... He's a comeback story. I love it. So yes, he needs to be back with the Yankees, back as a number five guy, maybe you know someone who can uh, add some flexibility in the pen. Love Nestor Cortez, uh, and he was awesome. Domingo Herman started 18 games, 98 innings, 4.58 ERA, 4.30 FIP. Is that worth? Is that worth it for what you know? The in spring training, Zach Britton voiced his opinion on how he doesn't like the fact that Domingo Herman is on the roster. We said he's becoming a distraction. What are the Yankees going to do? Should they just cut bait? Is what they got out of him worth it, or should should they try and move on from him this offseason? I mean, he's he was just a guy. Just he was a just guy. a guy. Jack, just, there just was, a guy. There's, there's nothing there that, that was... Um, Special. You know, it's a... Yeah, it's forgettable is what it is. It's forgettable. So in because of that, no. Certainly, if you're looking at just the baseball reason, then no. Um, a lot of us didn't want the guy on the team. And if he wasn't on the team, guess what? Someone else would have done the same thing. It wouldn't have mattered. So at the end of the day, no. So we got to give him a grade. I give him I give him a C. I'll give him a C minus because I expected him on the mound to be better on the mound. And he had flashes as he always has. He's 
He's always been a flash guy. He's been a flash guy, but has never been someone that could put it together. You know, he was off for a while. Um, just, just my expectations were higher for him on the mound. And because of that, he didn't, he didn't come close to meeting my expectations. He wasn't a guy that they could rely on at all. So C minus. Okay. Yeah. Maybe flirting with a D flirting with a D. Well, actually. but like, but like what were your, I guess my expectations again were lower for Domingo Herman. I expected him to be about a mid four ERA pitcher because that's what he was in 2019 after his first like six starts. He was a mid four ERA pitcher. And that's what he's I think ended he's got up the being. ability to be closer to what Jordan Montgomery is. I think he's got the I, ability to do that, but he just hasn't shown it on a sustained level. So, you know, maybe that ability just doesn't exist uh, on a sustained level. He's a flash guy. Again, he's a toolsy guy. Like I like him in, in as a pitcher. I like the the way that he approaches things. I like his his arsenal. I like all of that stuff. But he can't str- he can't stretch it out into consistent um, consistent starts throughout a season. So, you know, he's he's probably a bullpen guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's get to the bullpen. Johnny Lasagna, Jonathan Lewisaga, I think start to finish, their most effective, most trusted, best reliever. A plus for me. Really took the steps that he needed. For the past couple of years, it's been... Loizaga, if they can just rein in his stuff and he can throw strikes in the big leagues, man, can he be an effective reliever? And that's exactly what he was this year. 2.21 ERA, 2.59 FIP, 2.3 war in 69 and a third innings pitched. Again, he was the reliever I trusted most this season. I mean, that's not saying a whole bunch just because the relievers were not very trustworthy for a lot of the season. Even though when you look back, the numbers... Uh, don't look as bad as they felt in the moment, I guess, for a lot of time, just because we got our heart ripped from our our bodies on multiple occasions, um, mostly by the guy we're about to talk about next. But um, Loisaga is in a, for sure, he's coming along the development. um, Like you can see just the confidence level in his emotion. um, And yeah, he's, he's got as good a stuff as anybody in that pen. So good to see him um, progress even further. And I think he's going to be an option for, for, you know, who knows what happens with the closer job. You, 
I could see him as as the heir apparent um, for for Chapman at some point. I could see him stepping into that role. Only thing I'll say is just can everyone chill on the mini Mariano talk? It's always been that though, because he kind of looks, he does have the look. Okay, he's got the same body physique. Yeah. But there will never be another Mariano Rivera. There will never be a Mariano. If if that ever happened again, it would, you know, it would we'd be doubly blessed. (laughs) He had Loisica had literally the only game I can think of that was a meltdown was at Fenway Park in July. Yeah after the Herman no-hit bid was lost. And, I I mean, honestly, I blame it mostly on Boone for just leaving him out there to dry. Like, clearly, you have nothing. Take the guy out of the game. No, he left him in there for, I think it was five consecutive hits. It it was unacceptable managing. You could tell that he had absolutely nothing, and those days happened. So, yeah, I like like blaming Boone on this one, too. Let's just blame Boone on this one. It it makes more sense, and uh, Loisaga... Um, wasn't his fault. He just didn't have the day. Don't don't put don't leave him out there. Right, take him out. Don't after leave him the out third, there. After the third hit, how about go out to the mound at the very least? No, that's not what happened. Chad Green, D, and, and, easy D, and, and maybe easy that's D. being generous. Like, yeah, D's get degrees. You, you can walk in graduation, but you were miserable all season. I didn't trust you at all. But the numbers don't look awful. But just using my eyeballs. Not trustworthy, especially in save situations. 82 and two-thirds innings, 3.16 ERA, 3.58 FIP. His season is remembered more for the crushing defeats. Jose Altuve in Houston. Jose Altuve at Yankee Stadium. The Mets series. Just so many base runners. So many sweated out situations. I don't know. Chad Green really lost it for me this year. And he had been so good for so long, and you kind of just wonder with those guys, like, is his is his relief effectiveness of being one of the top-tier relievers in the league over? I, I, I'm not going to go that far because I still, I still think the stuff is there. I mean, he's not – it's not like he's an old guy. I think he can he can absolutely rebound. But he needs to – he needs to stop giving up these big mistakes. As a relief pitcher, you cannot continuously come in tight games and give up home runs and walk guys. You just can't do it. You cannot, that's a recipe for disaster every single time. And yeah, this goes into expectations for him. We wanted him to be the next guy. You know, ask me a year ago, two years ago, Chad Green's probably the heir apparent. He's the guy that might be stepping in as the closer. And when you see him in large situations that that have, you know, the eye test absolutely on them, the, you know, he he he's crumbled in multiple times. But when you look at the numbers at the end of the season, they look, you're, you look at those numbers, you're like, okay. He had a decent year. Yeah, 3.16 ERA is kind of high. For, 3.16 ERA is high. For for what Chad Green is and was supposed to be, yeah. I guess. It's not, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't look back and say that that was like, you know, as bad of a year as it felt. And, and you're right. I think the the home runs, the the heartbreak, the eye test, the things that flash in our memories the most are the big losses. And he had a lot of them. He had, what, seven, eight losses on the season? Is that what it was? And they're all they all came in horribly, horribly miserable fashion. None, none worse than the Jose Altuve before the All Star break. Yeah, that one was terrible. <laughs> it was it the was worst. Terrible. Per, perhaps the low moment. The it was perhaps the only lower moment not of the, the season. Not the first time Chad Green's given up a big home run to the Houston Astros either in big situation. Perhaps the only lower moment of the season was getting embarrassed in the wild card game. Other than that loss, that was that was a real, real bad loss. Uh, for the team right before the All-Star break. Araldis Chapman, 
55 in a third innings, 3.42 ERA, 4.01 FIP, 15% walk rate. I mean, come on, dude. Roller coaster season. He was unhittable through May, legitimately did not give up a run. And then when he gave up runs, he just had meltdowns. And in June and July, he was awful. Then he kind of like figured it out a little bit, but I didn't trust him after all those meltdowns midseason against Anaheim, against the Mets. C minus, and it's only because he had a really good start to the season and a semi good finish. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm looking at what Chad Green did and what Araldis Chapman did, I mean Araldis Chapman put Chad Green in that situation as well. True. Don't forget that he was bad enough to to now all of a sudden um, you know catapult Chad yeah. Green into he got that closer pulled from area. the starter role. Fuck it, D D. D. Yeah, he's a D. If if Chad Green's a D, Aroldis Chapman's a D. There's no doubt. And okay. If not F, because that guy is, needs to be the most reliable person in the bullpen. Yep. And when you're walking guys at a 15% clip as your closer, you want to talk about a bad ERA, right? three four two for a closing pitcher, a closing relief pitcher. That's bad. That's not good. 15% walk, not good. The guy was not dependable. Exactly what you need for <laughs> someone in the in the uh, in the ninth inning. And when you don't have that guy that you can depend on, it's just, you know, to me that it's it's a pass fail and, and he did not pass. When you have a walk And he rate, got removed from the job. Right. When you have a walk rate of 15% as a closer, he walked 38 guys, okay, in how many innings pitched? 56. Almost every time he's on the mound, he's got, he's walking someone. So even, Chaos. even. If his stuff that night is unhittable, it's going to be a hairy situation because he probably walks someone. So at the very least, you're like sweating it out with him. And as a closer, that's unacceptable. A, a closer of his caliber, magnitude, profile, salary, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, oh yeah. Price point comes into this because they're paying him a lot of money to do a job and he's just very unpredictable in that job. No other person... Could, you can't say that about a lot of other people. If you're getting if you're getting paid that much money, like your expectations are certainly higher. When you when you're walking that many guys, it's it's absolutely unacceptable. It really is. It's just uh, you're you're not you're not doing the job that you're supposed to be doing, and that's locking down one inning at the end of the game. I'm going to uh, go on to Wandy Peralta next. You you run through his stats. I'm going to pull something on Araldis Chapman right now. All right, Wandy Peralta, 55 games. Um, 49 innings pitched, 20% K clip, walking uh, percentage of uh, 9%. He, 3-4-4 ERA, 4.35 FIP. I'm looking at Wandy Peralta coming over. He came over in the Talkman trade. He was used a lot, and I think he was good. I think he I think he won. Again, when we're looking at these, we have to manage these expectations and I understand that they, those go into it. I was expecting you know, just another guy. And he, he looked like that in the beginning, but he did come in some big situations and got the Yankees out of, out of, uh, out of moments. And I, I, I ended up at the end of the season gravitating towards Wandy Peralta. Maybe it's the, uh, the emotion on the mound as well. He's gotten out of the Yankees out of big moments. He kind of thrived and wanted that, the ball in those big moments. I think Boone kept him out there a couple times too long. Um, but I like Wandy yeah. Peralta and I would welcome him back. Yeah. I think maybe he was slightly overused in big spots, but Maybe that was also a product of the bullpen kind of going through a lot of turmoil midseason and, and the options were limited then. So what's your grade for Peralta? Um, I'm going to give him a, a, a B. All right. For, yeah. I mean, even if you said B plus, I wouldn't necessarily disagree because again, 
expectations play a big role here. I think he was maybe slightly overused. B, B is fine with me. Okay, the thing I pulled on Araldus Chapman, he gave up his first run to the White Sox on May 23rd. May 23rd through the end of the season, he pitched 38 innings. He had 31 walks. What? And he didn't and he did, he didn't walk a guy for a while, right? Or give up no, he didn't give up a run for no, a while. So I'm saying from the day he first gave up a run this season, before May 23rd, his stats were just unreal. So we talked about that yeah. 15% walk rate, but it's really kind of skewed. Because it's almost it's almost nine per nine. Because it's like eight per nine. It's seven point two eight per nine innings starting on May twenty third. Crazy. How do you have that as a, as a relief as a as a closer? Like that is so bad. Yeah, so bad. Clay Holmes. He was uh, one of the midseason acquisitions, and he definitely stepped into some higher leverage situations and succeeded. He was not as good numbers-wise as Luis Sessa was, but he was used in bigger spots, so whatever. 69 innings. It was not a one-for-one there. It was not a one-for-one there, but... Yeah, yeah, 3.65 ERA. Actually, these numbers, um, looks like that Bob pulled, were for his entire season... But but again, I thought Clay Holmes um, was was pretty good. I I even give him an A minus. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 here for Chad Holmes. I think I think that Clay Holmes. Chad Holmes, Clay Holmes. I think that they did. Uh, I like the acquisition because it was within the same window of getting r- rid of Sessa. It's like lumped together in brains, but they were actually not the same move. I don't even necessarily. I, Maybe it was a corresponding move just to open up a 40 man, but um, he's been, he was good and he's effective against right handed pitching, against right handed batting. Uh, and, and that's what they're using him for. Like the guy was nasty in moments. I, I he pitches down in the zone. I like him. He keeps the ball down. He's a, he's a guy that I like and I'm glad he, and he's in control now. So that was a big deal. Uh, that was a big part of that deal that he's in arbitration. So he's under control and Luis Sessa was not. So they made a choice there, which I didn't think they needed to, but they did. And could have um, had both. That's the problem. And I'm happy. So yeah, I, I'm gonna give him uh I'm gonna give him an A minus. Uh there there were some big spots that that uh wasn't as good. Do you want to up it? Because I just looked at his Yankees numbers, 28 innings, 1.61 ERA, 2.10 FIP. Those are yeah, some fine. filthy something, numbers. Something sticking in my head where I, I, look, I was happy with him. I, I actually had some pretty uh pretty uh pretty decent confidence with him throughout right. the season as well when he was there. It's a feel thing. Albert, Albert Abreu was used a decent amount, 36 innings, 5.15 ERA. He, I'm thinking of that specific game in Tampa where he was left out there to dry. I think he gave up six yeah. runs and might not have recorded it out or might have only recorded one out. So that can skew things. But he was a triple-A swing man. If we have to grade him. I'm giving him an incomplete. I'm not yeah. going to get he he deserves He deserves a better situation. He deserves more time. Better. He wasn't in like... Uh, incomplete. I'm not giving that kid a grade. He needs to. I, I hope that he is. Um, he's he showed and flashed potential. I think we saw a few guys that showed and flashed potential. Um, but what, what about Luis Heal? We don't. He's not in in one of these. Uh, if I'm putting Luis Heal, you could put him in the starting spot. But I think that long term he might be a relief pitcher. And I'm putting them in the same boat. If I'm comparing the arms that we've seen come up, Luis Heal is the one that gets me most excited. Abreu might might pop, but he also might be just a guy. 
Luis Hill obviously had the the scoreless streak to start his career, which was awesome. And then he started to get hit a little bit. Um, and he ended with 29 innings to a 3.07 ERA, 4.4. Fastball command. Fit. I mean, his command was that that's what got him in trouble. 19 walks. That, yeah. How many innings? 29 innings, 19 walks. Yeah. And so, so we're all this, like, we're all this Chapman like. Leading, leading the pack here are all this showing, showing the young guys how to, how to do it. <laughs> um, I, look, the, the Yankees have a good amount of right handed. Uh, pitchers in their farm system. Been talking about this for a while. They've uh, acquired them. They've they've uh, they've gotten a lot of them through um, the international um, signings, international free agent signings as well. They need to, a lot of these guys have location problems, and that's that's what it is. Like if they can't locate their fastball, they're in trouble. Luis Hill is exactly that. He's electric. He's fun to watch. I like his I like his competitiveness on the mound. Um, I, I hope that he can develop and, and be able to consistently throw strikes, but that's that's his Achilles heel is being able to throw strikes. If he can pepper the zone, uh, then then he's gonna be nasty because he's fun. He's 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 got a lot of good stuff there. Lucas Licky, amazingly, seventy two innings pitched to a uh, two point seven four ERA, two point eight four FIP. I remember when they signed Lucas Licky, everyone just like couldn't pronounce his name, couldn't spell his name. We're like, who the hell is this guy that the nerds have found? Well, the nerds actually kind of found someone in Lucas Licky. He hadn't even been in the major leagues. I think it was like five years between his uh, his his major league appearances. He became a guy that was out of the pen that was actually one of Boone's more dependable guys. You could tell he had a lot more confidence in Licky than he did uh, the majority of these guys out of the pen. And he's, again, a gritty guy, came out, did, pitched well, um, threw a ton of innings, like way more innings in way more high leverage situations than than anybody in the in the world expected. Had a plus strikeout uh, innings pitch per rate, which is surprising to me when I'm looking back at it. Um, but yeah, 274 ERA, 1.13 whip. He was he was very solid. Good, good, uh, Good relief pitcher and a guy that filled the spot. The thing is, they they got so many of these lefty guys that are like they had way more lefty relievers at the end of the season um, than remember, when, uh, than remember the days when they couldn't predicted. find a lefty in the bullpen and, and now yes, got like now there are like of nineteen of them in there. So Joely Rodriguez, excuse me, not Joely Rodriguez, Lucas Licky missed his age 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33 seasons, okay? And came back and threw to a two... Well, he was in the minor leagues, right? He was in the minor no, leagues. No, no, he didn't pitch, didn't didn't make pitch, the, the cup didn't of pitch in the majors from ages yeah. 29 through 33 and comes back and throws a 2.74 ERA. Man gets an A in my book. Damn right. And of course, we have to talk about my guy, the Swiss Army Knife, Michael King, who, you got to admit, was a lot better than you were expecting. 3.55 ERA, 3.86 FIP in 63 innings. He ended up kind of swinging um, between uh, starting, relieving, uh, ended up starting six games, 22 games overall. I don't know. I mean, if we're giving Lucas Licky an A, Michael Kane's got to get like a solid B, B plus, right? I mean, he's a B. I don't have much expectation for him. You you can put Michael King and Domingo Herman and like a bunch of these guys in the exact same category right now because that, that, that's what they are. They're 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 you know. Hopefully, he can eat some innings. He came in, had some big moments, but it's it's not a predictable. He he's re. He, I'm I'm curious to see what Michael King is next year in spring training. That's what I'm curious about because he was throwing the ball you know harder. It seemed like at the he end hit of the year, ninety eight miles an hour. Just the guns. Time. 
I know. And again, hot no, gun, crazy. hot gun. It's crazy. I, so I, I'm curious to see what he can be, uh, you know, next year coming into the coming into the season, if he's able to, you know, really stand out as a as a back of the rotation type of option for for the Yankees, or if he's going to become a um, if he's throwing 98 miles an hour, he becomes a different kind of bullpen guy too. If he's throwing 95, 96, 97, like he's got some. But what is the guy can what play. is his? He could be a two inning guy. Well, but the, yeah, it's like what is. That's the thing we they still haven't figured out. What is he? I, he's probably not a starting pitcher. Is he a long relief guy for for situations when you need starter swing uh, starter swing into reliever kind of kind of help? They don't know what he is. is he, and he might they don't know what he is. He, he might not have a clear role, which might be his ultimate problem. Right, but at the same time, if he's developing and and gets a little bit more specialized, I could see him as a two inning guy. He 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 does pose problems for. Uh, for guys with the amount of pitches that he throws, and if he's throwing that hard now, able to locate a little bit better, like it's, it's he's a guy that could co- go along the path of the the um, lasagna, uh, Chad Green. You know, we're seeing those guys who who were stretched out for two innings, originally starters, uh, stretch out for two innings, and then you know have, have specialized their uh, their repertoire a little bit more. So I'm interested to see what he looks like next spring. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The last guy I want to talk about is Zach Britton. And I guess you can give him an incomplete for this season because he only threw 18 innings before going down with uh, with season-ending Tommy John surgery. He's likely, his Yankees career is likely over. Maybe very end of next year, he could come back. But if you had to give a grade for his entire Yankees tenure, 123 innings, 2.69 ERA, 3.89 ERA, multiple injury stints, couple of high-profile losses how do you grade his yankees tenure i don't know uh he was definitely good he was a dependable option in the bullpen in uh in 2019 was that his he came over he came over at that at the trade deadline in in what was it 2018 um so yeah so the the 19 season he was good yeah, he I mean, was. I mean, he was actually when he again, when he's pitching, he's good. He, his numbers look good, but it's a feel thing. Uh, he was pretty. He was very good in 2020 too, in the in the shortened season. This this year he was bad and injured. But I mean, I again, you got to go with expectations. They signed him. They paid him closer money, right? So he gets like a B minus. They paid him closer I mean, money. I'm gonna say I was gonna say C, but it depended on what you were expecting from from him coming back from that Achilles. It's a hell of an injury to come back from. I didn't expect much from him the season 
It was the it was the 2019 season that we needed to see what he was, and I, I thought he pitched well and pitched well in 2020. But just yeah, so see, yeah, he didn't he didn't lock down the eighth inning. No, and we're not talking about them as like you know the the Andrew Miller, uh, B- Dylan Batanzas, was it BMC, B- yeah, run BMC, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, not talking about that. Those were the days where if the Yankees had a lead, which was not often, it was locked down. That was fun. That was fun. That's But that shows you exactly what happens to relief pitchers. Andrew Miller, injury just basically shelved his career to uh, to a halt compared to where he, he, he may was. have given up longevity in his career for the 2016. Yeah. Is Batantis even run. in the, did Batantis play this at all this year with the Mets? Uh, he, with no, the Mets? They, they, he was to start the season and then they cut him, I think. Did, so did he not get picked up? Is he, is he hurt? I don't even know. I feel like we didn't hear much about uh, Dylan Batances, which is a goddamn shame. Um, he it really is a goddamn shame. I'm looking at his transactions log. I, I I don't know why I don't know this. I feel like there was something that was that was said at some point this midseason. Um, yeah, I mean he the he. There's I love nothing. these Francesca There's moments. nothing. There's nothing. On. I don't know what's going on with Batanzas. I feel he's, bad. He's, I feel bad for him. I feel bad to for wrap him. The, up, injury, the injury crushed his uh, his career. To wrap bit. up this uh, this portion, the, the pitcher grades, the Yankees pitching staff overall produced the second most war in the American League. They had a 3.76 ERA. They were very good overall as a pitching staff. And the team was mediocre as shit. And that's because there's a lot of failing grades on the offensive side, which we will talk about in the next episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.